Some men see things as they are and ask, why not? Why? Others dream of things that never were and ask, why not? That statement first made by George Bernard Shaw has inspired so many people across the years to aspire to accomplish more than seemed possible. I think of those things which could be and ask, why not? It reminds me there is great power in good questions. Questions that cause us to challenge ourselves, to ask that question. Why not? Why not me? Why not here? Why not us? Why not God? Why not? The most important questions are questions that can change your life. Just ask the Ethiopian eunuch. He asked a question and it changed his life, but even more, it changed his eternal destiny. He asked Philip the evangelist a compelling question, and that question was simply this. What hinders me from being baptized? Continues to be a compelling question yet today. It's a question that all of us can ask in our own lives. What hinders me from being baptized? What hinders me from following the example of Jesus? What hinders me from taking my stand and following Christ? When's the right time to be baptized? What is it that lets you know this is my time? Is there anything that hinders you from being baptized? And the encounter between Philip, the evangelist, and the Ethiopian eunuch reveals that there are three conditions you must meet in order to, in order to experience believers' baptism. So this morning, that's what I want to do. I want to talk about the conditions that need to be met in your life so that you know there's nothing in my way. It's my time. I need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's talk together this morning about those conditions that are necessary for believers' baptism. The first one is the condition of preparation. That's the season when the Lord goes to work in the depths of your heart. That's when God is getting you ready to make that decision for salvation. Over the years, many of you can remember exactly when you were baptized. There's a number in this room that I had the privilege of baptizing. And you remember that you were asking those same questions yourself. What is it that keeps me from being baptized is there some reason I need to take this step is there something I haven't done yet spiritually and I need to do that that's a season of preparation that's a condition in which God says before you're ready I need to be working in your heart it's when God begins to speak to you about the things that you need to do spiritually It may reveal itself in questions. It may reveal itself in restlessness. It may reveal itself in conviction. But somehow you know God is at work in me. And you begin to ask the question, is it my time? The eunuch experienced several steps in his journey toward the Lord. The first thing is this. He knew something was missing in his life. I want you to think about this man for a moment. He was a dignitary. He was uh, in high authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He lived in a place that was far, far away from Jerusalem. Far, far away from the events that took place when Jesus came and Jesus died and Jesus rose again. And yet somehow, far away in Ethiopia, he began to realize there's something missing in my life. I need something 
that I haven't been able to find. He was raised to worship other gods, but somehow he knew this is not right. There's something more. Because that's what begins to happen. That's what begins to stir in your soul when you know it's time for me. God begins to go to work. You begin to ask questions. You begin to wonder why. You begin to realize something's restless inside of me. And this Ethiopian eunuch began to hunger for a God worthy of his worship. And his restlessness led to serious questions. Is there one true God? If there is, what's he like? Is it possible to know him? Does he care about me? Does it matter whether I worship him or not? Those questions led him to search for answers. And finally the time came when the Ethiopian eunuch search led him on a journey to Jerusalem. He had heard about the God they worshipped in that place. They had heard that he was described as the one true God. There was something inside of him that resonated. There was something inside of him that said, this might be my answer. And I need to know more. And so he came hoping to discover this God that he was hungry to worship. He made his way to the temple once he got to Jerusalem only to find out that he would not be allowed to worship there. He learned about the scriptures but, and, and even purchased copies of various books of the Old Testament. But as he began to read them, making his journey back home, he began to realize, I don't understand what this is all about. If somebody doesn't explain this to me, I, I'm out of luck. So many people struggle in exactly that same way these days. They begin to struggle and think, how can I know more about God? Is there a God? Does God love me? How can I know God? They go on a search because that's a necessary part of what it means to come to that point where you can ask that question. What hinders me? What holds me back? And he began to struggle to know that God was there, that he was not far away, but somebody was going to have to help him understand. And that led to the condition of presentation. The Lord caused two things to happen all at one time. The first thing is this, that Ethiopian was in a chariot on his way back home, reading and trying to make sense of the book of Isaiah. And he was having a really difficult time. Now, one of the things you have to realize is in those days and at that time, the whole concept of, that, of looking at a book or a scroll or whatever and just reading to yourself silently in your mind, that idea didn't even exist. Everybody assumed if you're going to read something, you read it aloud. It's the only way you read. So this eunuch is in his chariot. He's traveling down the highway. He's reading out loud to himself, trying to figure out, how can I know God? At the same time that that was going on, the Bible says that the Lord took Philip and he told him, you go and stand beside the highway. You go exactly where I want you to go. You stand exactly where I want you to stand. I have a plan for you and you've got to be exactly where I want you to be. And so there he was in the highway between Jerusalem and Gaza, ironically enough. 
One was a man of great influence and authority. When that Ethiopian spoke, people listened. The other was just a man as far as other people were concerned. But the Lord brought them together. And once again, a question made all the difference. Philip listened to this man as he read from the Bible, and then he asked him this question, do you understand what you're reading? And his response was instant and honest. How can I unless somebody guides me? Do you understand? How am I going to understand unless somebody can help me? The Bible says, Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now not very long ago, I carried you through this passage and we looked at what happens when you begin at that passage where uh, the Ethiopian unit was reading Isaiah and the progressive way that it began to say, this is about you, this is about you, this is about you, this is about you. This morning, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to talk about is the fact that Philip knew exactly what to do. He took that scripture and he began to do what? He began to preach Jesus to him. Philip understood the thing you need to know is not just academic knowledge. The thing you need to know is not somebody's conjecture about God. What you need to know is how you can find your way to Jesus. That's the only thing that really matters in all the world as far as you are concerned. And so Philip began to preach Jesus to this man. And this is what the Ethiopian learned that afternoon. He learned that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. He learned that he was sent to live among men to teach God's truth, to reveal God's kingdom, and that he gave himself on a cross to become the perfect sacrifice for your sins. And he rose from the dead, and he gives eternal life to everyone who trusts him in faith. And if you're going to become a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're going to know the Lord then you have to clearly understand salvation is through Jesus and only through Jesus. You know, it occurs to me this morning that that's what so many people need to hear these days. People are trying to find answers. They're trying to make sense out of the confusion of life and they're hearing so many things from so many voices and they're told to try so many things. And what we need to remember is really all you need to know to come to that point of trust and baptism is Jesus. Jesus. And only Jesus. There are other things we will learn along the way. There are ways that we grow in our death and our discipleship once we trust him. But before any of that happens, you just need to know Jesus is God's one and only answer for man's needs. And there's nothing more important that you can do with your life than to trust him as your personal savior. That required the condition of personalization. The Bible says they came to some water. You know, you got to think about that, how the Lord is working through this whole situation. He's already brought these men together, and now they come to a pool of water in the middle of a desert. 
If you've ever been to the Holy Land, one of the things you recognize is the most precious thing to be found in all of that area is water. It's not gold. It's not diamonds. It's not oil under the ground. It is water. And water is counted the most precious resource in the world. Because there are whole areas of desert where you don't see anything that even resembles water. Like on the highway between Jerusalem and Gaza. And yet just at that moment, when, Jesus is ta- when Philip is talking to this man about Jesus and only Jesus, they come up on a pool of water. Coincidence or act of God preparing that man to personalize everything that he had heard. I believe it was a divine appointment that God had led them to just the right place and just the right time and that's when uh, the eunuch asked his third faithful question. Here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? What holds me back from being baptized? Philip's response was instant. If you believe with all your heart, you may. Now, listen to this. If you believe with all your heart, The pronoun is singular. Philip wasn't talking to the world in general, although that truth applies to every single person. He was talking to one man at one place at one time. If you believe with all of your heart, doesn't matter who else is with you doesn't matter what is going on around you he looked at that eunuch and he said if you believe with all your heart the challenge was personal it always is this morning with a crowd of folks gathered around. The truth is when God begins to deal with each of us individually, he deals with you individually. If that time has happened in your life, you remember what it was like. If it hasn't happened to you yet, if you've never come into a living relationship with Jesus, let me tell you what's going to happen. When it's your time, it will seem to you as though nobody else is in the room. It will feel to you like God is speaking to you and you alone. And you will know, this is my time. Not everybody's time. My time. Does that mean that If God calls you to accept Christ as Savior, then nobody else is going to do that? No. 
But it does mean that if a dozen people are lined up across this aisle, God will have dealt with every one of you personally and individually. And you will know I am here because I need to receive Jesus as my Savior, my personal Savior. And God is dealing with me and me alone about what I'm going to do with Jesus. There has to come a time in your life when you make an individual commitment to a personal Lord. The Bible says the Ethiopian responded eagerly and clearly. He simply said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe. And with that act of faith, he was ready to join Philip. And they stepped down out of the chariot and they walked into the water and he was baptized into Christ. He was baptized as a testimony to his faith in Jesus. Which leads us back to our original question. Why should I be baptized? This morning if you're here and you've never experienced that, why should I be baptized? The answer is clear. If you have trusted Christ as Savior, if you want to follow His example, if you want to be obedient to what He has commanded you to do, then you need to be baptized. Let me be clear about something. Baptism is not essential for salvation. I can't stand here this morning and say to you, but unless you're baptized, you will never be saved. Unless you are baptized, you will not have a living, eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is all about trusting him and faith. You don't have to be baptized to have a saving relationship with Christ. But you need to be in order to have an obedient relationship with Christ. Because that's what he did for us as an example. And it's what he did while he was walking on the earth. And it's what he commanded us to do in the Great Commission. When he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing them. It's part of the life of obedience. Why is that so important? Why does the Lord want us to do that? I think Kristen answered that question a little while ago. Because when we do that, we're doing two things. It is an act, a symbol of obedience. It is saying, this is who I was before I knew the Lord. And this is how he washed my sins away. And here I am, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the second thing it is, is a testimony. You know, that's one of the questions that people ask me from time to time is, why does baptism have to be such a public thing? Why can't I just show up here on a Tuesday afternoon and say to you, will you baptize me? Why don't we just keep the baptistry full of water so anytime anybody is so inclined, they can come? And the answer is because... Part of the meaning, the depth of meaning with baptism is that it is a testimony to other people. I am a whole new creation in Christ. 
I want you to see what Christ has done for me. I want to stand as a witness to his power to transform a life for eternity. So here I am. And there's a third thing that takes place, and it is this. And it is an expression of absolute dependence. You know, there comes that point when I'm in that baptistry with folks who are stepping forward to be baptized when they are absolutely dependent upon me. You know, you reach that point of going backwards and all of a sudden you're not in control anymore. It's really all about the preacher. I mean, let's be bluntly honest. I can put you under that water and hold you till you're hoping that somebody will come and save you. You're hoping that I'm strong enough to get you up again. What does that remind us of? It reminds us of our dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about depending on the preacher because baptism comes and it goes in just a few moments. But it reminds us, this is my expression. I'm going to depend upon the Lord in every way in my life. I'm going to trust him and I'm going to depend upon him. And there are going to be some times when I feel like everything is out of control. And I need to remember, no, the Lord is in control. And I can depend upon him. Why should I be baptized? I should be baptized as an expression of obedience. I should be baptized as a testimony to others. I should be baptized as an expression of absolute dependence upon the Lord. But it begins in the same place for everybody. Personal faith. You know, one thing that I will not do this morning is I will not offer this invitation in a few moments and then begin to walk down the aisles and grab somebody by the hand and pull them forward and say, the Lord's told me today is your day. I will not gather up a group of people and say, all of you come with me. You know why? Because it always begins with personal faith. It always begins with what are you going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? That Ethiopian eunuch had a decision he had to make. Will I trust Jesus? Will I step into that water and be baptized in his name? It was his choice. It was his decision. Philip said, if you trust him, you can but he did not say, and I will force you into that water. That's your decision. It always is. Everything about the Christian life is about personal faith. Everything about the Christian life is about what you do with the Lord in your own life. Including the act of baptism. So the real question this morning is not have you been or will you be or ought, ought to have. I, I don't want really to have the, the pool full this morning. I can't walk right back up there with you. It really is all about will you trust Jesus as your Savior? Recognizing that when you trust him, you receive 
everlasting life. And then you're baptized as a witness to what Christ has done for you. Why should I be baptized? There's only one simple answer. That simple answer is because I trust Jesus. I invite him to forgive my sins, to come into my heart, and to be my Savior. And that's why. So I guess my question this morning is, what about you? Is this something you need to do and you know it in your heart of hearts? Is it a matter of the fact that just right now your heart's beating a little faster because you realize God wants you to do something? Is it a matter of courage and obedience? In a moment we're going to stand, we're going to sing an invitation hymn. And this is your opportunity to come to say, if you don't know the Lord, I want to know the Lord. If you've trusted him but you've never given testimony, you can come and say, I want people to know Christ is my Savior. And I want to follow him in baptism. Why should I be baptized? Because I trust Jesus. So maybe you need to come. Or maybe when we stand and sing, you need to come and become part of the church. Just to join the church as a baptized believer. Maybe there's some other decision you need to make. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. As God speaks to your heart, you come.
been a good day in God's house. I really am looking forward to tonight. It's going to be a beautiful night. We're going to have a wonderful time. We had a great crowd the last time we were outside. And, and well, and last Sunday we brought more chairs into the fellowship hall. You make your plans to be here for Andy under the stars. It's going to be a great experience that we're going to share together. Let's bow together for a final prayer. And then our one last song. Father, we do thank you that you give us that opportunity to trust you. To ask ourselves in the depths of our own heart, what hinders me? And to ask, is there anything that's holding me back? And Father, if there is, help us to make it right with you. So that we can trust you and follow you and stand for you wherever we go and whoever we're with. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.